0: What does reaching the unreached halfway around the world look like? Stick around, and we'll talk about that and a whole lot more with our special guest on this episode of Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, your host for the Here at Home podcast. And this is our next to the last podcast for the season. That's right. We're about ready to wrap up another season. So make sure you listen in next week for our season finale. I promise you're going to love it. It's going to be a really, really, really good episode. But joining me today on this Week's podcast are Campbell and Elizabeth. So glad to have you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, awesome. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, and I asked, actually, I asked you earlier, is this your first time being on a podcast? You said, yes, it is. And uh, most of our guests, this is their first time being on a podcast. So just take a deep breath, relax. It's gonna be wonderful. Um, most of the folks listening probably don't know Campbell and Elizabeth, so let's start there. This is, this is kind of a fun part for me. We get to hear a little bit about uh, where you're from, a little bit about you, so uh, who'll go first? Elizabeth, Campbell, she's pointing to, Cam- all right.
1: Yeah. I'll go first. Well, um, I grew up in the um, San Francisco Bay Area and my family were not believers and didn't grow up in a believing home. In fact, uh, I think growing up most of my life, I, you know, always questioned like who's who's God, who's the real God. Mm. Um, Came to faith through a um, through a, a church camp. I was in well, I didn't really come to faith, but kind of sparked the the questions in in my mind. And you know, as they were sharing teaching about, I don't remember exactly what, but just the idea of God was constantly like in my mind from from those from the camp session. Right. And since then, you know, I was like, I, I remember asking a prayer like, you know, God, if, if you're real, you know, mm. if you're real, somehow show me that. And was looking looking for something miraculous, nothing really happened that day, kind of. But, you know, after that, I went off to, to college um, and then just starting to meet a lot of believers that were inviting me to things. I just took that as God's... Response to my prayer.
0: Mm.
1: Went studied the Bible. I was in a in a in a home Bible study for about six months, asking I asked questions after questions, a week after week, and then finally came to the conclusion. There's you know this this is true. The, mm. the script, the Word of God is is who He is and that's who I am, and gave my life to Christ. And, oh, and wow. then at that point realized, well, there's really nothing better to do in my life than to, if this is what Christ has done for me, then what else would I'm going to do with my life, you know, other than to serve Him and to see His glory and His His message be proclaimed. Yeah. What kind of impact did
0: your salvation have on the rest of your family?
1: Well, it, it is, so since becoming, coming on the Lord, there was a burden on my heart to get the new message to my family. And that was always the biggest barrier because they... I don't know what they're going to think. This is mm-hmm. something foreign to them, you know. Um, and you know, I shared. I try to be gentle, but just didn't really know how to do it well. Uh, it took a while. Uh, I shared with my mom. She was not interested. Didn't just share with my grandmother. Uh, she eventually, you know, at at the age of about eighty something, she she received Christ. Oh wow! Um, then then this is a little kind of timeline through like about 10 years later, I, w- I went abroad for mission uh, and then came back. And then um, as I was, you know, talking to my mom and then she's, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen? You know, do you know what's ha- gonna happen after, after death? She finally said, okay, just just go, I'll go, I'll go to church, you know? Mm. So I just found the nearest church, went there and give you a little backstory. Uh, my mom is a single mother. And when, when my dad was uh, dying from cancer, the same year that I was born, mm. uh, a wow. nurse shared the gospel with, with my dad. Oh, wow. And he became a believer. And then, so then the nurse started taking my mom to church. But, you know, she was just too busy. She was a single mother, uh, newly immigrant to, to America, had to take care of me so she couldn't take, you know, go to church every Sunday. So eventually she faded out and stuck with the church. So, therefore, as I grew up, I never heard about the gospel mm. at all. And this
2: story about his dad, he actually never heard until later. Until my
1: mom came to faith. Oh, so, wow.
2: So, so, all these years, he just
1: didn't know. Didn't, didn't know. So, yeah. fast forward back to the me telling my mom about the gospel, and then I just feel like I need more witnesses. I, I can't do it by myself. So, then, connected to, she said she'll go to church. So I found a church that's five minutes from my house. We went there. And the, as the pastor went uh, to, to preach, my mom tells me, "Oh, I know him." So then I was like, "How? How, <laughs> how do how you can know, him? know him?" So he shows my mom shows me a picture of the pastor holding me as a baby. So that was the same church that the nurse went to when my dad passed away.
2: But it was and, a different location in the city, so that's why.
1: Yeah, it, it's yeah. not in the same location anymore. Oh, wow. And Goosebumps. then, yeah. <laughs> And then my mom just, because at that time we were getting married. Um, we got married, moved down to about two hours from, from, from where my mom was living. And then, and then my mom just started going on her own. Mm. Uh, she went to Bible study every week. One year later, she, told, she called us. She said, hey, we're, I'm going to get baptized. So then that's how my mom came to faith. Oh, wow. So. That is really cool. I'm glad I asked
0: what kind of impact it had on your family. Yeah. That's a neat story.
2: Yeah. So God was at work. I mean, God's always at work, but it's like way back, you know, yeah. even before like And to know that, knew that about your dad.
0: This. Yeah. Wow. Elizabeth, what about you?
2: Um, so I'm from Texas. Um, my dad is a pastor, so I grew up as a PK. Yeah. And um I I guess a little bit about my testimony. Um, from a young age, I heard about Jesus and um you know, I one Wednesday night at church, they were. Have you heard of Johnny Erickson Tata? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was six years old, um, we were watching her movie, and I thought it was cool because, um, you know, what kid doesn't like to, you know, so watch a movie at church and things like that? So, um, just being impacted, like her story is, you know, she had this accident, she became paralyzed, and her life changed, mm-hmm. but, um, so I just remember, even as a young six-year-old child, thinking, what if something happened to me? Like, what if, and not just God had an accident, what if I died? Um, and I knew I was a sinner. I, you know, all the things my parents had been teaching me. Um, so I did. I felt the conviction of the Lord. And um, I prayed at a young age, mm-hmm. asking Him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And um, it's just been neat to see, um, even from that young age, you know, it was a, it was a true... Mm-hmm. Um, decision, you know. Yeah. Of course, I didn't know everything, you know, mm-hmm. all these deep, maybe theological things at that time. But for I had a faith like a child, yeah. and so um, I accepted the Lord, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's the best decision I ever made.
0: Yeah. So, grew up in Texas, went mm-hmm. to school in Texas, all yeah. that. So, how did the two of you guys meet?
2: So, after college, I went to East Asia and served for a couple years. And um, as I was serving overseas, um, coming back after my time doing missions, I realized I really, I need some more theological education. So I went to seminary, mm-hmm. and that is where I met Campbell. Oh. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. so.
0: do you have a class together or mutual friends or how, how, how all that?
1: Um, we, I think we met at a summer. It was, kind of, summer yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was kind of overlap. It was a summer term. Um, and then there was less of us on, in on campus, yeah. so that's how we first. I think we had a mutual friend that had a birthday, yeah. and then we, we just met Kinda there and started talking yeah. and
2: becoming friends. And
0: the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, did you at this time already feel a call, Campbell, to full time missions, no, serving um, in that capacity?
1: Actually, so this is so I came to faith during my my university years. Mm-hmm. I taught high school for a year and just felt like I I want I want God to use my life and um, felt the need. I mean, I was doing doing you know serving at my church and teaching high school uh, and just wanted to be more well equipped. And then you know, I guess the pastor asked me, "Hey, you want you want to be able to serve in a you know more? Do you feel like God's calling you to serve in a?" in more full time? And I said, yeah, I do. And then that idea of theological education came. Mm. And then that's when I went uh, for more theological training and learning. Uh, and then that's when when I was at uh, theological school that I began to hear s- so many people coming from overseas talking about what God has been doing. Uh, and that really sparked my interest mm. And then at the same time, I was studying. I was actually teaching through the Book of Acts in my church, and I'm like, "Well, my life doesn't look anything like, like mm. this." What I'm reading. How can, how can my life, how can I re- my life reflect of what I'm more, what I'm reading in scriptures? So that's when I, that interest grew, and I actually got to go and serve uh, in these in um, overseas for about you know two two three years. Yeah. Now, y'all aren't married yet though, are you? No. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So we graduated um, from seminary, and then we both went to East Asia, but we weren't married. We went to two different places. Okay. Um, and then kind of through that,
1: we... We stayed connected, yeah. and yeah. that's... timing. Relationship block. So
0: obviously though, it's kind of neat because both of you had a heart passion for, for serving in, in that capacity specifically. Mm. Uh, so God was working individually in your lives, mm-hmm. but ultimately planning to bring you together. So, yeah. talk a little bit about your call, then, Elizabeth.
2: Yeah, um, I don't now. I don't know many churches have. Have you heard of GAs Girls in Action? Oh yeah. Okay, so it's like a <laughs> Wednesday night program for mm-hmm. girls, and so I did that like first grade to sixth
0: grade. And the grade. GAs and the RAs. Yes. I was an RA. Yes, actually. Royal yeah. Ambassador. <laughs> um,
2: so just hearing about mission, um, mission work mm. and, you know, like the lostness in the world mm. and the need to hear about the Savior. And so, um, and my dad also, him going on many short-term trips, like throughout my childhood and him coming back and sharing like what, God was doing overseas. And so it just really put like an interest in me. Um, you know, and so actually at GA camp when I was 12 years old, um, some missionaries came and spoke and, um, I really felt like God was speaking to my heart about as I got older to, to work overseas and, um, so yeah, so but even at was early two, age, even you know, at twelve,
0: yeah, I you knew where
2: God that. was calling. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's neat. I forgot to mention this at the very beginning of our early on in our podcast, but uh, obviously, you guys are not members of our church here at McGregor. Normally, we have folks that are members, but you are partners with us, and we partner with you guys. And um, we'll talk, and we're getting ready to dive into what you do. But we have sent teams to, to partner with you in the past, and hopefully, we will send more teams in the future. But let's dive in now, and I, I just needed to get that in there. So people are like, I've never seen them around the church. Are they? Are they? Are they who are they? Yeah, that's the connection with uh, that we have with McGregor, with uh, with Campbell and Elizabeth. So tell us now a little bit. Uh, maybe give us kind of the the overview of the ministry, and then we can kind of dive into okay. some of the specifics of, of what you're doing where God has placed you. Okay.
1: So we are currently living in South Asia, um, and we we felt you know called and led there because we, we saw a map basically of where the most unreached people are and that most red dots were, mm. was in Southeast Asia. Yeah. So we, we were open. We're like, Lord, just take us where the need is. Mm. And and that map was a, was a very instrumental in, in leading us there. Yeah. So we've been there about seven, eight years now. Um, and we've been serving and our, our, you know, it's a South Asia is a it's a populated area, very heavy population. Uh, uh, in our area, I would say just the, the 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 amount of people we're looking at reaching is thirty million people hmm. uh, over a span of about seven districts. Okay, and each district is equivalent to like a county, kind of. So you could say, say seven counties with thirty million people. How do you get the gospel to them? Especially if not that many of them are probably never heard of, probably heard of Jesus, but have no clue who Jesus is. Right. Uh, And have very misconceptions and, you know, um, them themselves diving into, into different kind of idolatry and different types of other ways of worship that they do not know what it means to be saved. Um, So our goal is that we, we desire that, um, the nationals that are living there would, would see the vision to see churches planted mm-hmm. uh, in all the districts so that throughout the generation, there will be a gospel witness um, until Christ comes back. Yeah. And we feel there's lots of people groups. Uh, I think just in these seven districts, we're talking about 80, 80 plus people groups, um, meaning that each of them have their own culture, mm-hmm. maybe language. Home language, um, different ways of doing things, and and it doesn't reach so quickly as if if it's all one culture.
0: Um, so not only do you, the
2: barriers, yeah. yeah,
0: not only do you have that huge number of people, but these multiple people groups as mm. well. That are, yeah, so the different cultures. So yeah, quite mm. a challenge.
1: Right, right. So we have a lifetime, if not multiple lifetimes, of work. But you know, we we we're praying that it just takes one lifetime, mm. <laughs> and. We are asking that the Lord would raise up nationals yeah. who would catch the vision, know what to do, and be able to multiply churches throughout these seven districts.
0: So, what is your, your some of the specific things you do? And number one, identifying those those nationals that may be potential leaders, mm-hmm. and then once you have identified them, what type of training and equipping? Are you providing for them to to lead a local church themselves?
1: Yeah, we what we do is that we we kind of walk through the process. If I could, you know, but the way I see the scripture is that, you know, what well, we we call it the core task, um, where the first task is well, you got to do an if it's an unreached place, you have to do entry. Once you enter, then you share the gospel. Mm. Um, once you share the gospel, then you got to. Equip them, make disciples. After discipleships are made, then you gotta form them, gather them to form, become churches. Uh, and then as they become a church, then you gotta raise up leaders within the church so that the leaders can lead these churches. So we're calling it leadership development. And then at that moment, when that's happening and we're seeing, uh, hopefully, generations are coming because discipleship is a continuous process. Then we could say the planter, whoever that is, uh, whoever we're training up, they can then think about exiting, uh, and then exploring new fields and new areas. So that's kind of the idea. We're taking the steps. Yeah. yeah, we're we're guiding them. They might not know the whole process, but hey, everybody's gotta share the gospel. So let, let's let's start with that, mm-hmm. and then as things work, as as work, uh, as root fruit is happening, then they would we guide them to the next step, next step.
0: Yeah. What does a specific, and I'll ask both of you this question, um, a typical, not specific, a typical day or a few days in the life of the ministry look like for you and for you?
1: Um, typical day would be, it, there, there's really no typical day in, <laughs> in, a, in a way, um, but in in a general, maybe at a week's time, uh, Somehow we're able to make connections uh, with some with the church um, that, that we're talking about in the in the villages, and they want help. They want to be equipped. They want to be trained. So we offer to train the church, all the members. Hey, let's let's equip them. Many of them really, you know, most of the churches there are very uh, just the understanding of of of. Uh, the gospel message is very simple. So so we want to make some clarity with that, what what it means, what is the gospel, mm-hmm. and how do you actually go and share it? So a, a a first training would be just simply how do we share the gospel with 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 the lost? And we train them, we 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 walk them through the process, we help them see from scripture, this is God's heart, this is God's passion, um, this is God's, you know, Purpose and plan for 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 mankind that they would know the glory of the Lord. Um, so we train them, and then they then we task them to go out and, and share with their neighbors mm-hmm. and friends and see what happens yeah. and see see who's interested. And then we have them gather those names, and then maybe about three weeks later we come back and say, Hey, did you do what we taught you? Okay. Oh yeah, I got five people. Oh, I got six people that that I found. All right, then let's 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 move on to this next phase of training. Hmm. Now go back to them, and and start like a little secret group, and and gather about ten people if you're able to. Maybe their friends, their neighbors, and just do a secret group study. Here's a here's a booklet that you can use, and they do that. And in that way, that's how a, a group gets initially formed. Yeah. And ideally, I, our hope is that through them leading these secret group beginning they're unbelieving, unbelievers, and then at the end, some would profess, hey, I believe. And obviously there will be some that says, I'm not interested, I'm not gonna come anymore.
0: No.
1: But but the gospel is going out and and see how the Lord
0: is, is moving mm-hmm. them. You have a real heart, passion, it sounds like, for equipping those believers as well as those leaders.
1: Yes, uh, and the reason is because our... They're nationals. I mean, they're local. They're going to be there. They have access to their nation. Mm. I do not. Right. I, we could the, lose a
2: visa. We could, they, you yeah. know, right. some, something happens. We, we're not there. Like, yeah. it's right. local ownership.
1: Yeah. Right. And and someday, as long as the Lord is opening the door here, I'm going to work hard to build them up. And they will be the one that actually carry the gospel. It does to, the work. Yeah.
0: You know. What about you, Elizabeth? What does a typical day, week look like for you?
2: So we have a son, so um, he's seven years old, and so I homeschool him. So a typical week during the school year is I'm I'm doing homeschool Yeah, but also um, I you know just I have the heart to do ministry just as much. So mm-hmm. trying to really incorporate even our son into ministry. And so like for example on Fridays, um, me and our son we will go to a certain area that we have like a children's and women's ministry. And so we, um, they call it Sunday school, but it's not on Sunday, it's on Friday, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just what it's called. Um, so we go to this kind of slum area and um, we've been going there for about two years. Um, the, the neat way of how this ministry started is um, like we lived in a tall building and from our building, I could look down from our kitchen table and see this area. Hmm. And so I just started praying for this area. And my mom got to come and visit. And at breakfast, she would sit at our table and look down, and she would pray for the same area. And so one day we were talking. We we're like, I pray for this this building. And she, my mom was like, oh, I pray for this building. Um, and so I was talking with a, one of our national partners, a, a lady. And um, I said, you know, let's let's go out and do some prayer walking. And so we did. We started going out and prayer walking and everything. And the exact place that we had been looking at from my house down in that's the exact place that we met mm. these um, these women and these children, and they were open to us coming once a week and doing a ministry there. And so it's wow. really neat to bring our son along, son along, son because at that time he was smaller, and um, I would actually this was even before COVID, so even I guess more than a couple years ago, I would just put him on my back in a carrier, and we just go out walking yeah. and pr- praying, <laughs> and um, yeah, God just. So it just—it really shows the power of prayer. Like, just even for—before going down there and prayer walking, we were praying from our house just for this area, and then God just really Mm -hmm. working. Um, So, you know, that's something—those listening to this could—to pray, pray for that area. Um, There's no—none of them have believed yet in Jesus, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, we're we're thankful that we still have an open door and favor in that community. And so— and I think sometimes coming from um, the many of the people we work with are from a Hindu context. And so coming from that, um, it's very normal to just kind of like they like to hear about Jesus, so but kind of add Jesus to the other different um, gods that they worship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's a prayer that, you know, these women, these men, these children in this area would, um, would come to know that Jesus, he's the way, the truth, the life. Yeah. He's the only, right. the yeah. only way. Right. And God. Elizabeth
1: also does training of women yeah um, a lot of times there are groups of women that wants to learn how to do the work gospel work so she she she's trained some women and you know leading them to start groups and things like that yeah. Well. yeah
0: yeah y'all are quite the, the power couple both with you know <laughs> with theological background yeah. and yeah that's awesome what are uh well you mentioned covid uh what kind of challenges did that bring uh
1: where you were serving well, we we were, I mean, we were kind of locked in.
2: We were locked in our uh, we, it, it, it was
1: pretty stay. all of, of a sudden. You know, we just got news and everything's closed. No one is allowed to go on the streets. And we're like, whoa, what's going on? And um, we started, you know, which is amazing that, you know, we're talking about villages that usually have no technological, you know, grasp yeah. and... Then we're we're starting to meet them through on the phone. Zoom. You know?
2: Like they never and, heard. Of, I'd never heard of Zoom. <laughs> they yeah. never heard of Zoom.
1: <laughs> and and everybody's just launched into technology. Wow. Uh, even the villages where yeah. I'm doing a teaching, and there's maybe six, seven of them gather around one, one phone, phone mm-hmm. and they're looking, and I could see them. And then you know, little you know, we rural area. There's a cow walking in the back, and, <laughs> and some chickens, yeah. and, and then they're <laughs> listening. Um, so, so you were able to keep doing some things. We yeah. were, yeah. In spite of that, yeah. We uh, were. And, and I think in some ways it really kind of pushed them to, it, it kind of forced them into technology, which now made things either, easier because mm. now we're able to kind of do some of our meetings online. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about seven districts, so, so some places are real far. Far away, Yeah. Um, and with so, roads,
2: it takes even longer. Like yeah. distance-wise, you're like, "Oh, it's not that far," but then with yes. roads, it takes like seven hours oh, to get yes. to like the farthest part. Or yeah, some or
1: roads are, are. I'm going literally three miles per hour, and a bicycle's passed because there's bumps and <laughs> you're like
2: dodging yeah, things,
1: holes everywhere. You know, so
0: you're kind of grateful for COVID in the sense that that technology kind of shrunk the the size yes. down a little bit, and be, being able to use that to yes. communicate and train and equip. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What are what are some of the uh, things that you've been able to celebrate over the last let's say six 12 months uh, that you've seen you know God at work maybe it's an in individual lives or something with a ch- one of the churches
1: well we're constantly hearing uh, you know on on messages and things like that like pi- people send pictures hey I got to sh- I got to share the gospel with this person and mm-hmm. this person you know started this group and in- send a picture to me, back to me, and, you know, constantly getting those. Um, and Elizabeth, maybe you should share, th- you know, we got to help a group um, where they started this, you know, our training probably two years ago. And they're now, you know, it, it's a process of getting starting groups and then getting to bap- baptisms. So we got to um, s- see one group saying they got 30, 40 people ready for baptism. Wow.
2: So So we got, yeah, so last month we got to go and celebrate with our national partner um, and see these, you know, these people take that step of obedience. And I think too, like just in our context of there, like I think in America, America, you you know, you accept the Lord and then you get baptized. There's no like counting the cost. There's just, it's just Mm. natural, Mm. you know, but over there people really, it's... It's like they accept the Lord, and then it, they really are weighing on that. Like, okay, if I take this step of obedience, like this public display, you know, mm. like right. is, my family is going to disown me. Mm. Um, I could be beaten up. I can, you know.
1: Privileges yes. being a a Hindu in, in, a, in a country that's Hindu would be taken away. Mm. Uh, maybe even access to a water like well. Food
2: rations. Would
1: not be allowed because you're just now become a different, you're not yeah. just one of us anymore.
2: Yeah, and so... It was really exciting to see these, you know, like 30 people take that step. Willing
0: to do that. Yeah.
2: And there was one, I'll just say one little story. Um, There was this man in his family and he had started, I think during COVID time, he started having like his whole body like paralyzed, like paralysis. And they didn't know why. They took him to doctors. Doctors weren't sure. Um, So his family is like, okay, we got to do something, you know, so they took him to... Just like Hindu priests, they even took him to a witch doctor, like all of these things, and nothing was working. And so one of our partners, um, he met this man and he said, you know, I'm going to tell you about Jesus because Jesus, he's the great physician. And so as he began to tell this man about Jesus and what the gospel and like, you know, this man began to get better. And um, he was, that man was baptized and his paralysis was completely gone. God oh, had wow. totally healed him. And not only did he get baptized, but his wife also. Mm. Um, so just amazing stories of like, you know, people of God just doing miraculous things. Yeah. Um, and then people, you know, counting the cost, but being obedient to, to follow yeah. through and, you know, that Jesus was worth it.
0: That's awesome. So. Mm-hmm. And, and what you shared at the very beginning there, just uh, just getting those texts that, people are actually doing what you're teaching and equipping them to do. I mean, that sounds like a little thing, but I know as a teacher and equipper, there's no greater joy than when folks kind of catch it and it becomes part of the culture like that. And I know how exciting that must be to to get those texts, especially if they come in frequently.
1: Right, what's exciting is that I'm not there. Yeah, they're doing it. Yeah, Yeah. and that's ownership.
0: Yeah, they just wanna let you know. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) they wanna celebrate with (laughs) you. Celebrate with you, that's awesome. All right, so,
0: what are some things folks can be praying for you guys? Uh, some maybe just one or two. Each of you share one or two prayer prayer request.
1: Uh, well, we have a huge area. We need laborers. We're mm-hmm. praying for laborers. Um, there are pathways to 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 either join us or there. I mean, there's laborers need every, But I'm gonna I'm gonna advertise for, for <laughs> our, our area. Absolutely. Uh, we love, you know, more labors in in districts in in our area to 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 kind of be present there and to kind of continue the work. And we we do hope in our lifetime that we could see it completed. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I think the secondly would be just pray for the pray for the nationals there uh, to be faithful to to continue to to learn to be equipped. Um, those would be my two.
2: Yeah. Um, I would just pray like specifically for this area where we do the ministry. I kind of mentioned that earlier, right. but pray pray that a family would come to believe and that mm-hmm. through that family, you know, they would be a light to their neighbors and a church could that be would
0: start planted that, yeah. there.
2: Yeah. Um, and then um, I would also pray, um, we have, this just came to my mind, but um, we have a a, national, a partner um her husband uh, passed away last mm-hmm. December, and so now she's a widow. she has a one year old little girl. and so mm-hmm. um, it's hard, like it's hard being a woman and a widow, and she's young, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, but she serves like she does women's trainings with us and she's faithful to serve the Lord. and so just that God would just continue to provide for her for and her. for her family mm-hmm. and just continue, um, you know to still Keep pressing on, you know, because I know, I mean, it hasn't even been a year yet since her husband passed away. So just the grief and um, just, yeah, that God would just meet all her needs. So pray specifically for this sister. Well, I know
0: we have a a lot of folks in our church that care deeply about missions, and uh, I I truly believe they'll be praying for these things. Uh, Let me ask you one final question, Gamble. Uh, I know we talked at the very beginning about um, having teams that have come over in the past and hope to have teams come over in the future. Mm -hmm. For someone that's listening here, that uh, as they hear about mission opportunities and uh, from our church, and this will be one that will be,
1: yes.
0: you know, mentioned in the near future as we get closer to our our conference beginning of next year, and and then maybe even something this fall. I don't know, but what what does that look like for somebody that would participate uh, with you guys on a short term mission project?
1: Um, that would be, you know, come. Um, See what the Lord is doing. Uh, we'll we'll take care of you. Uh, we'll be on the field with you, um, and and you know that's one thing that we'll be praying. You know, as we partner with with McGregor and see how we could strategically, uh, not not just kind of a one time trip kind of thing, but strategically where you're your presence with us when you guys come would actually build onto the work. Mm, yeah. So we don't know what that looks like yet. We're praying towards that, but I think for a person that's you know if this is your first time overseas or even first time over to South Asia, uh, we 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 will take care of you. Don't don't worry. <laughs> uh, but then we also want you to see the different different aspects of work that's happening, and and want you to meet. Um, nationals, we want you to meet unbelievers to 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 be able to have a conversation with unbelievers, and and just have a uh, have an a worldview that you could see. If you've never been overseas, I'm assuming you might not have seen many of the things that are that are there in, in South Asia, and uh, just the lostness. I think mm. seeing the lostness would would spur you on um, because you. You know, when you really see how how um, how lost they are and how desperate of hope that they don't just the lack of hope that they have and you really see how important the gospel is. So so I would invite you to come, invite them to come and and, and we'll take care of you and and but when we, 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 we also We'll put you to work. There's a put lot there's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I like that
0: that your whole attitude about that, that there you desire to have folks come and and experience that, but also to to be a part of a partnership that has long term impact, not just yes. one week, but yeah. build upon that each time we send a team and you know, maybe there'll be a day where there'll be you know multiple teams going out each year. Uh,
1: yeah, and and I would love it to to have McGregor see it as, hey, this is your church is making impact across across overseas, and mm. and your work is there also as yeah. well as it's here. Yeah. And
0: I'm I'm praying. You know, COVID shut stuff down here for us. You know, where we weren't sending teams out, and it, we're just now getting teams back out, and yeah. so. I'm hoping, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this podcast with you guys so that that just reminds people that, yeah, there's opportunities that are coming and uh, just be praying that God would, you know, they would be open to what God's calling them to do Mm -hmm. as far as serving short term or maybe even long term, you know, who knows? A lot of those short-terms end up being yeah. much longer once you get there, so <laughs> we'll true. see. Thank you guys so much for being a part of uh, the Here at Home podcast and uh, taking time out to do this. And it has been a joy to get to know you a little bit better and to hear a little bit about your story and especially about your ministry and what God is doing through through both of you. And uh, we will be praying for you and grateful to have this time with you. And I also wanna thank our listeners for being a part of the Here at Home podcast. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, as I always say, Please subscribe, leave a comment, uh, rate us. Uh, I know that uh, Campbell and Elizabeth are gonna gonna go home and subscribe to the Here at Home podcast now because uh, yeah, uh, they didn't even know this existed uh, up until probably 24 hours ago. Uh, and another reminder: this is our next to last episode before uh, we wrap up season 20. 2022, our second season. Uh, And we'll be right back next week with another episode. So again, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week back here at home.